Welcome to Cater Conversations, the Kinea DeFore podcast. We discuss design trends, design methodologies, and explore with our guests how together we can design a better world. Hello and welcome to KD Conversations with myself, Mara Hall, CEO of KD. And today I am joined by my friend and colleague, Sarah White, who is our portfolio manager. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Global Innovation Forum, or GIF as it's known for short, a fantastic conference in London which is taking place next week at the end of November. And we've been lucky enough to support and partner with the Global Innovation Forum for a couple of years now. And we're going to talk a little bit about our subject from last year, and I'll also just touch on what we're doing next week at GIF. And the theme for this year's GIF is Don't Be Evil. And what we wanted to take from that was how we can align creativity with our purpose as a business here at KD. And for some of you who may have listened to some of the other podcasts we've recorded, we talk around designing a better world as our purpose and what that means to us in terms of how we can use our skill set to create positive impact for society as a whole, as well as the people that we are specifically designing for. So last year, slightly differently to that, we held a debate, um, which we developed an interactive tool. So we asked the audience via their phones to vote as part of that around the six big questions for innovation today. And we put those questions to 200 of the world's leading innovation practitioners and directors and all of the audience's opinions were inputted into our tool which was developed by our software team here at KD and those topics involved areas such as the role of innovation within business, technology, startups, sustainability, changing demographics and the role of culture within innovation as well. So we had some interesting data that we wanted to share from that. So I thought I'd ask Sarah to come along and also help me frame some of that, particularly as she wasn't at that event. And so it will be interesting to hear what surprised and what alarmed, I guess, we could also (laughs) go into slightly slightly, uh, difficult territories about the answers that we received. So welcome, Sarah. Thank you very much. So obviously I'm brand new to the Global Innovation Forum. Um, It's an event I've never been to before. It's already blowing my mind in terms of the sheer volume of people and the array of activities and topics that are being covered. I think um, the work that was done last year around the respondents coming back with feedback on how they viewed those topics and the percentages that came out were quite astounding. Um, One of the facts that I found really interesting was that 64% of people in that room felt that um, innovation was going to be driven by sustainability. And that's fascinating given the current climate. Of course, there's a long way to go on that. I agree. I think that is really interesting because the first thought that comes to mind is, well, what are the other 36% thinking where where those drivers are going to come from? And I think also, if we take a look at the last year, from November 18 to November 19 and actually what we've seen happen within this country and across the world you know Greta, Extinction Rebellion, 
the marches, all of these factors have really, I think, you know, in September it was around, I think it was ex in excess of 4 million people marched. Mm. So you just think about how much more to the fore this has been. And this isn't, I, I don't want to get into a political debate to try and avoid that, but whilst all of this tumultuous political, you know, quagmire is around us, and yet it feels like these are the issues that are really driving. And actually we're seeing we're seeing that being driven by Gen Z and and younger. Absolutely. I mean that the results last year back that up. I mean, eighty-four percent of those respondents essentially thought that the Gen Z and the millennials millennials were going to drive absolutely the innovation across all their products. So there's a number of factors driving um, innovation. It's sustainability, it's the Gen Z millennial generation in terms of the changing in demographics, it's technological advancements. I think what's really interesting as well as thinking about this whole construct or concept of less, I think this is something that we've seen and we've talked about in some of our recent podcasts such as around zero waste. Mm -hmm. and. There seemed to have been over the last 20 or 30 years this desire for more, more status, more material things, more money, more time, you know, all of these factors, just more, more, more. Whereas there seems to be this rejection of that now. And it's actually about, it's about less things. You know, one of my favourite articles I read last year in, in Fast Company was, if you stop buying crap, companies will stop making crap. I think that was actually the title of the article. And it sounds obvious, but actually consumers are really only now starting to embrace that level of power that they have in terms of how they can drive real change by rejection of fast fashion or unethical businesses. And, you know, we heard a few months ago, there was an example of uh, Lululemon, the Athletisher brand, who were having um who were sort of named and shamed in their supply chain about a factory that they were running where the workers weren't being paid or looked after in a not even in a legal way let alone an ethical way and we will see that rejection of brands now and it, it is going to become a bigger and bigger issue and we've seen that in terms of the the larger companies like the Unilever's saying they're going to reject non-purpose-driven brands or brands that, that don't drive positive impact. But ultimately, that's not going to be a feasible path for every single company out there. And there's only a certain amount of greenwashing that can actually happen without individuals digging deeper and challenging and wanting to understand more and being more activist in the way they approach that. I think it'll be a massive mistake if we don't pay attention to the less is more um, activity around, we only have to look in our own families to see that it's in the choices we're making in terms of food, it's in choices we're making in terms of technologies, it's making the choices around every product in our lives. And um, it, teenagers today, for example, are fascinating around their interest in sustainability, they're interested in eating well, in living well, in being ethically responsible. And the knock-on effect of that is affecting every single business around. It's, it's a wide range, array of businesses. I think it's, it's really interesting and I, I'm actually quite excited to see what happens in the next five to ten years because I think everything we take as red will change. You know, and 
you, you mentioned there about responsible eating, and I think that's an interesting area. You don't have to go far out of the walls of this building to see the impact of veganism. I think our uh, our highest Instagram rated post this year is on uh, Greg's vegan sausage roll, <laughs> which the team are so fond of, and you know, and absolutely has replaced that that. You know, pork version at uh, 11 o'clock in the morning when someone goes out and does the does the Craig's run. I think it's what's interesting within KD as well is the fact that in the same way that if you look across all the attendees that are attending the Global Innovation Forum, the sheer array and the diversity um, and obviously diversity is a massive issue as well for us at the moment um, globally. The diversity of companies that are affected by these challenges is everything from um, a defence organisation to a beauty consultancy or um, producer of beautiful perfumes. I mean, there's there's such an array of clients that and potential customers that we we've, we've got that have all these sort of issues that are very relevant to them. And you know, there's two hundred plus innovators attending the Global Innovation Forum. And I think the thing that I've been really excited about is to have those organisations that are focusing on innovation and creativity. And there is a culture of creativity being valued very highly mm. um, within all different sectors. There was, it's not that long ago that that wasn't happening at all. Um, and very few organisations had a design and innovation department or we're looking at the futures and sustainability, it's not that long ago that that didn't exist. No, but there's still that need for that change. That change is still happening in front of us. So I think this this space of recognising the value of creativity, and I think there was um, some interesting work done by the World Economic Forum around skills required in jobs, and creativity has always ranked fairly low in those lists. I think it was number 10 in 2015 and by 2022 it's top three and that's along with complex problem solving and critical thinking. So those skill sets that are valued have really turned on their heads and a lot of that is as a result of the role that technology is now playing as well. And these themes that we see actually, to quote the examples, it doesn't matter if you're a beauty business, a perfumery house or uh, defence contractor, the issues and the challenges, as well as the opportunities, are often similar, and that is, I think, the beauty of Global Innovation Forum. But we heard last year from our audience that 51% felt that amongst global trends, technology in the form of AI, digital tools, and connected Internet of Things would have the biggest impact on innovation in the next five to ten years. And I think what's really interesting around that is so whilst half of the audience are recognising that will create the direction and what is really important and it actually would have been would have been great to talk further around is how user experience needs to play a central part in that role. And actually there has to be a compelling benefit to the user of that technology because I think we're in that interesting interesting point at the moment where technology is regarded as so valuable whether or not it actually has a compelling user benefit and when we think about the services and the the new tools that have massively disrupted the way we do things so 
I don't know, take Netflix or Uber mm. or any of the classic examples, it's because they've looked at a service model that wasn't working and they've turned it on its head and they've created something that people want. Whereas what we're seeing now is sometimes technology that doesn't have those really fabulous applications yet, they might find them and, and they might uncover them. So I think it's got to be around how that plays a part because without those two factors hand in hand, I think that they're going to, technology for technology's sake, will end up getting rejected. And those skills which are, are valued, like creativity and, you know, and understanding the experience as well as the as well as the the solving of the the challenge or the 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 issue it's how all of that comes together and and play and technology plays a part in that it's a bit like um the difference between a startup and a large organization what we're talking what we're talking about is in the early days in terms of technology um those guys acted like a startup they broke the rules they broke the barriers and um, they had something that was fabulous that people jump on board with. What's happening probably more so is they're losing that sense of that, the newness. Um, and there's an element around big organizations like Unilever who are buying up those startups. And it's, it's trying to pioneer that sort of user-centered, dynamic focus that people buy into. Um, and harnessing that at a larger scale, I think. Yeah, no, I think it. I think it is. It is. It is a challenge for those big organisations and how they translate that to work effectively within their businesses. I I remember somebody actually at GIF talking a few years ago around how innovation is the enemy of operational excellence, and often that is the case. You have to work outside of those those fixed parameters and those frameworks to enable that innovation to really thrive which is an issue for many many large organizations but it was interesting that 33 percent cited promoting a creative culture within their organization as being its key role within the innovation function so you know that ties in with those those predictions we've seen around creativity and and I think LinkedIn recently put a survey together as well, revealing that creativity was the number one soft skill that companies needed in, in 2019. So at least a third of those businesses are recognising that that creative you know, element is needed to drive that innovation and success. But what do you think that looks like within some of those big corporates? Because again, you know, you've worked on the consultancy side, but you've also worked for those big corporates. I think there's a big change in terms of the view of creativity in organisations. I think most organisations have had a core design function. They haven't necessarily had a creative culture that threads through their organisation. Um, in the same way that sustainability probably was relevant to a few key parties within packaging technologists and innovators, now that vein threads through the whole organizations and it's how they um, cross-pollinate all the different departments with those key topics so sustainability goes through all of the big corporates um you know the cultural creativity um, and the culture of a business around creativity 
has to go through all the different departments. So they're building now a lot of um, organisations have design and creativity as an engine that actually fuels a lot more areas of the business than it ever did before. Yeah, I think that's true. We're also seeing more board representation of design than yes. we have done historically. Absolutely. Um, I think it's a really exciting time to be part of a creative industry and to be part of the innovation um, that feels quite pioneering and exciting because there are lots of things to think around. It seems to have an added element of energy and complexity that could really drive change. I think also it's interesting to understand, and we didn't we didn't investigate this last year, but I imagine this is a, a topic that's that's been discussed certainly at GIF and many other forums, is what innovation actually means and what innovation actually represents. Because I think it is one of those words that, that is quite frankly overused in many instances because and as a result of that its meaning has taken on many different mm. different representations within different organizations so it's interesting to start thinking about what that means because you've got everything that ultimately sits within that innovation function from incremental improvement through to transformation and it's understanding where that appetite sits for that in a in a business and as as you were talking about earlier sarah how users sit at the absolute heart of that and i think that was probably i know we were talking about this earlier and that was the most surprising fact that we saw from the data we pulled out last year was, was the response to our question about user-centered innovation where we found that the majority of businesses represented were engaging with end users um, and i think 22 percent, so one in five said Everything we do is driven and tested by end users, but 41% of them were testing their products with users to a limited degree only. So we weren't seeing that level of, of user engagement and understanding how those users needed to interact with the product or even if they wanted the product to start with. Absolutely, and, and the irony of that is that everybody in the design industry is talking about personalization and personal engagement well if you're not actually talking to your consumer how do you understand what their journey is and what their experiences of your product and what it means to them that's surely then the step to personalization is even harder um the fact that 40 percent of people are not talking to their clients when they're or their consumers when they're actually looking at innovating um is still a bit shocking i but, think these yeah. things are changing but i think Certainly, that's the reassuring thing about the Global Innovation Forum. Yeah. You know, clearly there's the appetite there to change that. There is. Um, and there must have been quite a significant change with everything that's happened over the last year around the key topics that we're covering um, that makes that appetite grow, and it will grow. I really hope so. I really hope so. I think it just feels like there's a huge opportunity that's being missed if, if you're not engaging at the beginning or during that development process. Mm. I think it's always been traditionally acceptable that there's some form of validation at the other, at the other end of that towards, as you head towards launch. But we've also got to work on the basis that within the Global Innovation Forum, there's a, an enlightened audience. So actually, I'm sure those stats look even lower than that when you started taking a wider pool of... Um, of innovation specialists uh, into into the mix. 
But I think um, hopefully that's been a bit of a taster in terms of sharing some of the, the themes that we heard from last year in response to some of the questions. Thank you for that, Sarah. Absolutely. No Sarah and I will be there on the 20th and 21st of November with our colleague Craig Whiteman. And we are running, uh, chairing a panel called Designing a Better World on the afternoon of the 21st. And I will be joined by Craig, um, uh, Sophie Castell, who is uh, joining us from RNIB, and Caroline Hargrove, who is CTO of Babylon Health and Sophie Bielasewski, I hope I've pronounced that correctly, Sophie, um, who will be joining us in the banking sector. So we're going to have a really interesting mix of perspectives feeding into that about what that better version of the future looks like. So um, we will also be recording that. So if you're not there on the day, hopefully you'll still get to hear our discussions. But thank you for listening and we look forward to having the opportunity to engage with you again soon. Thank you. Thank you.